everyone, welcome to Dr. MC's Self-Care Cabaret Podcast. I'm Teresa Melito-Connors, a doctoral-level educational administrator and mental health practitioner focused on helping you, our world's helpers. So I'm already a week in to the new school year. As an administrator, we come back a couple weeks early. And, you know, I've been taking it easy, trying to get back into the swing of things reminding myself what is and is not within my control, also reminding myself that everything will get done and prioritizing those tasks that have to get done. Not everything is an emergency. And we're going to talk more about that in this episode. So as you may have heard last week, we're going to mix it up for the next few episodes as we head back into a new school year. In a break from our usual format, we're bringing back bite-sized pods, which will be me, Dr. MC, chatting with you about a particular topic. Unlike our interview-style episodes, bite-sized pods will drop weekly on Wednesdays. They may be on the shorter side, but with a new school year upon us, shorter may be just what the doctor ordered. So last week, we discussed beating the Sunday scaries, or a new school year. I hope you enjoyed that episode. So now, let's look at how we can make this school year the best one yet. I was recently asked, what's something I wish someone would have told me when I was starting out in education? Here's what I said. You cannot do it all. It's okay to say no. You have to prioritize yourself. You have to take breaks. Eat your lunch and don't be a martyr. I was also asked, what are some ways you've prepared for returning to school that haven't been successful? My answer was, trying to do it all. (laughs) Sound familiar? There's a tendency to be all like, new school year, new me, like new year for teachers. So you can't try to revamp everything, exercise, meal routine, etc. That's not sustainable or realistic. If you missed last week's episode, you might want to give that a listen. We talk about that aspect a little bit more. With that being said, what can we do? Well, It should come as no shock that practicing self-care is your best bet here. The real self-care. So let's rewind. What is it that I'm talking about when I say self-care? I'm going to share my favorite self-care quote with you that was said in 1988 by Audre Lorde. It was said as a political rally cry against an oppressive culture. She said, Caring for myself is not self-indulgence. It is self-preservation. And that is an act of political warfare. That still rings very true today. Self-care is the foundational work we can do that is consistent across many domains. So we show up as the best version of ourselves. It's proactive and it's protective against the onset of mental health symptoms, social emotional challenges, and job and school burnout. This is not mani-pedis, bubble baths, and spa days. Of course, those things are lovely, and they can certainly be part of a routine, but that's not what we're really talking about here. But since you're listening to this podcast, you likely knew that already. There is no shame in enjoying and indulging and, you know, luxurious things, but they're not going to help you be the best you possible. The truth is, the best self-care is often practiced for free and pretty efficiently, meaning it's not super time consuming. I often hear from folks, oh, self-care is too expensive. I don't have time for it. And that's just not true. 
Society preys on us running ourselves ragged and capitalism doesn't want you to figure out that caring for yourself can be quick, easy and free. Of course, if you have more time to dedicate to your self-care, be my guest. But that's likely not the case, nor is it necessary. Short practices seamlessly woven into our day can be highly effective in managing your stress, your mood, your productivity, and your overall energy. No one is coming to save you. We can't just sit around and wait for the Department of Ed to change the systemic, systemic pressures that exist for educators and other helping professionals. We have to take control of them ourselves. So you stand tall on your foundational self-care, protecting your energy, setting your boundaries, and caring for yourself in ways that feel good to you. This will not make stress go away, but it changes your reaction to stress. And that's powerful. You can kind of let it roll off you instead of getting all swept up in it and dysregulating your nervous system. This allows you to be able to think more clearly when you're not in an elevated state of fight or flight. Eventually, if we do this right, my hope is the systems of oppression that exist will have no choice but to adjust. But this first starts with you making the conscious choice to put yourself first. Not every day will be perfect, but it will be worth it. Listen, if you are a teacher, Unhappy, stressed out teachers do not have happy, high achieving students. They just don't. You are responsible for the energy you bring into any spaces you enter, whether it's a classroom, an office space, a healthcare space, whatever it is, you are responsible for your own energy. So how do we know where to start? Well, the best place is to kind of get a sense of your strengths and weaknesses as they are at baseline. This is not to make you feel bad. And, you know, you may when you hear the next part, you may think, OK, I, I know where my weaknesses are. Or maybe you don't even have to hear me say the 10 domains of self-care to know where your weaknesses are. But consider this your beginning of the year assessment, if you will. You can't assess growth unless you know where you're starting. So we look at self-care across 10 domains. Nutrition and hydration is our first domain. Exercise, soothing strategies, self-awareness and mindfulness, rest, relationships, physical, medical, self-compassion, environmental, and spiritual. So you might be thinking to yourself, Dr. MC, I do not have time to do 10 more things every day. Well, the good news is this shouldn't feel overwhelming. And if you just pick maybe one area to start or one domain, maybe you heard that list and you're like, oh, my exercise domain could use a little help. Or maybe it's rest for you. If you just start there and adopt one new coping mechanism and even just focus on one domain, over time, it will have a dramatic impact. But if that's still not enough and you're not sure where to begin, I'm going to give you some thoughts and just little things that you may want to think about bringing them into your routine because there's really so many things we can do. Okay, so let's start. Breathing. <laughs> Sounds super simple, right? Yet we don't do it. Even taking the time to take three basic deep breaths in through your nose and out through your mouth, really feel your belly filling all the way and then emptying on your exhale can have a dramatic impact. Just kind of helps you feel grounded, more in your body and more present. Three to five rounds is usually sufficient. And here's a pro tip. Make your exhale 
longer than your inhale. Exhale longer than inhale. That helps activate your parasympathetic nervous system, which is your rest and digest response. If you want to get fancier with your breathing, of course, you can learn some other techniques such as alternate nostril breathing, Nadi Shodhana, or breath of joy or lion's breath, etc. We're not going to go through them all today. If you follow me on social media, though, or have been following me for a while, I do tend to share other activities via reels or in my presentations as well. Another really important area that folks tend to really struggle with is getting enough sleep. You should feel rested and restored when you wake up in the morning, not like you have to chug a gallon of coffee to function. You need, as adults, seven to nine hours of sleep per night, not the cumulative total of a couple of nights. Another aspect is just making sure you're properly hydrated. 75% of Americans are dehydrated. You can tell when you're properly hydrated because you just feel better. You feel better in your body. You feel more present and you just feel good. A lot of times headaches are a result of dehydration. And I know it's hard when we're in schools and it's fast paced or another setting and you don't get a lot of breaks, but you have to hydrate. And You need to eat your lunch. So if that means closing your door or, you know, actually taking your prep period and eating your lunch, it is important that you do that. Maybe you want to get a little more into, you know, your morning routines. So maybe take one minute in the morning before jumping out of bed to just do a little meditation. Just check in with yourself. Ask yourself how you're feeling. Scan through your body. Take a couple of breaths and then begin your day. Maybe you can start taking some gentle stretching breaks or one of my favorites, a quick dance party to your favorite song. And even just throughout the day, asking yourself, how am I feeling? What do I need? Can be a really powerful, great self-care practice to kick us off. We tend to be very disconnected from our physical bodies. So your body is sending you messages and communicating with you constantly. We just have to make sure we listen. Another aspect, and you can do this in your office, in your classroom, wherever, listen to some high vibrational music. You can access a lot for free on YouTube or there's other various apps you can use. You can literally just search high vibrational music and put something on in the background. Just kind of make sure that energy is flowing. This can also help your students to focus as well. Some other ways that we can make sure we're weaving self-care into our day is by adopting some mindfulness practices. I'll tell you one of my favorite ones to get you started. Practice the stop method. Okay, so picture it. You're at work. You're starting to feel a little stressed. Maybe you're running from meeting to meeting or class to class. Before you just power through and keep going, give yourself an intentional pause. Practice stop. S. Stop what you're doing. T, take a breath. O, observe your inner and outer worlds. And P, proceed. That beat before you move to the next thing, that intentional pause can be really powerful in helping to keep our stress under control and just keeping us more grounded. So how's that sound? I like the sound of all those and they're easy and nothing takes a lot of work. So if you decide to do these things, or maybe, you know, if you are a teacher, do them with your students. This doesn't have to be separate 
your students can benefit from this too. Don't fall into the trap of like, oh, other people need that. I don't need that. That's for somebody else. And if you're a leader listening to this or an administrator, you need self-care too. Don't think this is something your teachers need and you don't need. That was actually one of my findings in my PhD dissertation study, and I found it fascinating. All school leaders agreed that self-care was super important, but they ranked it more important for their teachers than for themselves. False. If you are frazzled, overwhelmed, and stressed out as a leader, your teachers are not going to be able to take care of themselves. They will sense that energy, and the culture will not be a community of care. It will be a stressful environment where everyone is trying to survive instead of thrive. Another thing that can be really helpful is just becoming a master of prioritizing. Not everything needs to be done immediately. Not everything is an emergency. It's okay to let things sit and set clear boundaries. You may have to say no to things. You know, this goes back to not trying to do it all. And maybe, you know, consider your current boundaries and your current boundaries style. Do you often check work email after hours or on the weekends? When you take a vacation or a personal day, do you really take a personal day? Or are you responding to emails and answering calls and whatnot? You may think and notice that you have different boundary styles for different areas of your life. Maybe in some areas you're really rigid and maybe in others you're a little more loose with your boundaries. Ideally, we want, you know, to have flexible boundaries. We want to be aware of our values and our opinions and our beliefs, feel confident communicating your needs and asking for help, feel comfortable assessing when and with whom to share private aspects of your life, that you're able to say no and you're able to regulate your emotions and can allow others to express themselves when you disagree. So setting boundaries is wildly, wildly important. And we have to remember that you are not an infinite resource. Another one of my dissertation findings was that people don't learn to take care of themselves until they are forced or being faced with a health scare or another situation that basically gives them no choice. But why wait? Let's build that foundation today. Remember, it can be small and still be effective. Maybe you start with one coping strategy, as we talked about, and see where it leads. Maybe you're just going to start focusing on getting your seven to nine hours of sleep a night or being properly hydrated or spending time with people who are good to you and support you and encourage you. And don't be afraid to actually schedule your self-care into your calendar, like literally. Block off five-minute chunks, 10-minute chunks, set an alarm, set an alert, Remind yourself to do these things. These are the first things that go out the window as soon as a competing priority arises. You have to shift that, though, and take care of yourself first. Self-care is other care. You will be better because of it, and everyone around you will, too. You are worth it. I hope you have a fabulous, well-being-filled school year. And we'll catch you next week for the third Bite Size Pod episode. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you're feeling more energized and empowered. And if you like what you heard here today, subscribe and leave a review for this podcast on your preferred platform. 
Follow along on Facebook and Instagram at Dr. MC Self Care and Dr. MC's Self Care Cabaret on LinkedIn. You can also visit my website, drmcselfcare.com, for the latest updates and to sign up for Cast Party, my e newsletter. And if you're interested in having me present to an audience near you, email info at drmcselfcare.com. Thanks again. Stay well and do good. Did you hear the news about our exciting new offering from the Self-Care Cabaret? We're calling it Talkback. If you're familiar with the theater space, you may have participated in a Talkback before. After a performance, the cast and crew will come back on stage to chat with the audience and answer questions. Think of it as a casual, guided discussion. Inspired by this and by popular interest, we've come up with a Talkback for the Self-Care Cabaret podcast. Groups will listen to a podcast episode or two of their choosing. Then I'll come and lead your discussion, either in person or virtually, of those episodes, expanding on the big ideas. It's a great option for groups looking for short, impactful professional development or smaller teams looking to get an introduction to self-care and well-being. We have done a few of these so far, and let me say, they have been so much fun. So if you're interested in bringing a talk back to your group or organization, email podcast at drmcselfcare.com.